When the rain was forecast for this weekend, everyone was having flashbacks to Spa, but we've managed to get a full qualifying session in at Sochi, and Lando Norris has achieved his first ever F1 pole position. Welcome to F1 Grid Top Podcast. Today we'll be reviewing the 2021 Russian Grand Prix qualifying. My name is Ruby Price, and joining me we have sports journalist Louis Edwards. Hello. Hello, and Tom Downey from the Everything F1 Podcast. Hello. Hello. Firstly, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll shout out all of you who do to say thanks. Also, everyone who has already left a review and leaves a review from today will go into a draw to win a shirt, as well as uh, people who leave comment on the uh, leave a comment on the YouTube video. People who click subscribe on YouTube will go into a draw to win a mug. Finally, the Grid Talk team are sending their love and strength to the family, team, and loved ones of Dean Berta Vinales, who tragically lost their life following a crash in the World SSP 300 race today. So, Louis, it was all about being on the right tyres at the right time today, and that's exactly what Lando Norris did, and it's given him his maiden pole position. Yeah, it was uh, it was all about getting on those soft tyres at the right point, and I think teams realised pretty quickly after George Russell had been the first one to gamble that it was um the right tire to be on you could see the sort of the um the lighter gray sort of on the track coming through and i think bar the final sector i think the track was pretty much dry and it was ready from the off but um no it was a great job by lando we know what he could do in the wet he was showing great pace in um in q1 and q2 he was really up there with the mercedes so he was the prime candidate to take pole position if he could get a clean lap in and luckily you know for him you know the Mercedes ran into errors they they were too late on you know switching to the um to the slick tires and you know Lando was there put his put the car on pole I'm unbelievably happy about that um you know and yeah I couldn't be more happy for him but at the end of the day you know points come tomorrow and it's going to be a tough race for him to stay out in front and starting pole in Sochi is not always the best place to start especially with such a long slipstream to turn to so, but um, great job by Lando today and uh, let's pray that he stays there tomorrow Yeah we have indeed seen that sometimes starting second or third can actually give you the better race start in Sochi so it will be a long uh, run down to turn two for Lando Norris if he wants to Stay in the lead of this race tomorrow. But Tom, his former McLaren teammate, Carlos Sainz, for a brief second was on provisional pole. But in the end, when Lando took provisional pole, Carlos Sainz relegated to P2. But still, Carlos Sainz P2 for Ferrari in 2021 at the Russian Grand Prix qualifying. That's a fantastic result for the team, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really, really good result for Ferrari. Um I didn't think they'd be that high up this weekend because it's typically been such a Mercedes-dominated track um, you know, with, with years gone by. And obviously with Ferrari having the issues they have this year, which are very much a hangover of the 2020 abomination they had after they were caught allegedly, not allegedly tampering, but not tampering with the rules. Um, I think there's a best way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, signs, yeah, much, much like uh, Louis said, uh, Russell set the precedent for switching to Sauce. It was a case of who was going to blink first. Um, and Sainz, he he put in a really, really good middle sector because I saw he went purple, especially then after Hamilton didn't put in a better first sector at all. Uh, I I saw um uh sorry, when I when I saw Sainz put in that sector, I I, I initially thought, oh, he's gonna put in a good lap, but my mind straight away did go to Lando and say Lando could be on pole and obviously joy of joys he was. But yeah, really good race for Ferrari. I hope they can capitalise on it tomorrow. Um, I do think they will struggle to hold on to that position because if Hamilton gets a good launch tomorrow or you know, there's a good chance he'll get a decent slipstream down into turn one or two. I, I think it is technically turn two now. Um, the Ferrari may struggle and Hamilton's going to probably be thinking of the of the sort of longest in picture, but he also said that in Baku when he says marathon, not a sprint. So we will see. We will see indeed. And Louis, we've mentioned him twice already, but George Russell, you know, it's time for slicks, he said to his team, 
goes on to slicks doesn't really set the timing sheet alight but then when it mattered most george russell delivered and you know p3 not even his best um lap for the you know not even his best qualifying performance ever but still a fantastic one and ahead of both mercedes cars yeah and no, i saw a great a great sort of stat it's like the fact that George Russell put his Williams in third place out qualifying both Mercedes and it's not even his best qualifying performance of the year. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. But um, yeah, as you said, he wasn't saying the time sheets were like, you know, he was still trying to get temperature in the tyres. You know, he was the first to go out onto the soft tyres. You know, he was really paving away just trying to get as much heat into those tyres. And then he had that extra lap. You know, he had that extra lap on those tyres, which put him in a really good um, sort of window and there you go puts it p3 just shows that the gamble really paid off um because you know it it was a bit of a struggle to get into q3 in the first place he was he was very tight but you know you got to be there you got to be on the right tires and that's what he that's what he did and it just goes to show that george russell is a mega driver you know he really is you know mr saturday um I mean, it's going to be very difficult for him to stay there for tomorrow. Um, you know, when you when you have got the likes of Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas just behind him, and I think he he knows that he won't be fighting them, but there's a good chance of points. You know, Russia we all think is you know a good track to you know overtake. On. You've got such a long straight, but it's it's very deceptive. The the amount of ninety degree turns and how tight it gets in that final sector it does make it very difficult to follow. Um, other cars so if he can stay in the points it could be yet another points finish for Williams and George Russell and you know just an amazing job all round yeah absolutely and just to go back to what you're saying about how sometimes it can be deceptive to overtake here Max Verstappen was complaining during practice yesterday that he couldn't pass cars ahead of him and considering he's starting at the back that could be pretty uh you know not not it's certainly not a good sign for uh, the Red Bull team tomorrow, but Tom, you know, reigning world champion Lewis Hamilton put his car in the wall at one point, mm-hmm. managed to get going, but still, you know, that was what cost Lewis Hamilton pole position today, wasn't it? Absolutely, because with Verstappen out of the picture this weekend, um, Hamilton effectively had a clear run because aside from his teammate, there wasn't really anybody else who was going to challenge him maybe uh, Norris or, or Ricardo. Um, I don't think Paris was anywhere near getting towards pole this weekend as his results have proven um, but yeah but you know Hamilton was on top in, in in all the sessions he had set a good bank lap and then it was the whole sort of like who's going to blink first um, and he made the right decision to switch to softs but I do remember when drivers were switching to softs, Hamilton was on a push lap and he didn't back off that push lap, which meant that he was compromised towards the end of qualifying because it meant he only had one run in Q3 on the slick tyres. Now, I get that he probably want, that he probably thought he was going quicker, but the way the track was drying and also factoring in that it wasn't that warm so he realistically would have probably had to have done two outlaps or or maybe sort of like one in a bit to really get some temperature into the tyres. He should, Whether he or the team or whoever should have said, you need to back off and pit this lap so, so we can basically mitigate any potential risk that's coming through, that should have happened. It didn't happen. Then he was effectively rushing when he was pitting. Now... The accident is, <laughs> I've seen some people saying, oh, the pressure's getting to him, all the rest of it. I don't think it is. It's just the pit lane was incredibly wet and it would have been deceptive out on track because it was by and large dry. So he would have been tuned in thinking, oh, it's, it's going to be pretty dry in the pit lane. Plus Russia is quite a tight pit lane. Norris had an accident earlier today or yesterday. I can't remember exactly when it was. Um, where he almost spun, or, or well, I think he did spin and just just about touched the wall. Plus, Thomas Hayley's pit box is at the start of the pit lane, obviously, because you know Milka on top. Um, so he wouldn't have had as much room. But 
seeing the way he clouted the ball, I didn't think it was that bad at first. But then when I saw them actually taking the front wing off, and effectively the whole left-hand side was just dangling by a sort of fibre, um, I did worry initially that his session was over. They managed to get him back out. There also wasn't like loads of lasting damage. Um, but yeah, he, he, could, he didn't have enough time to get the heat into the tyres. And he spun when he was on the slick tyres. So, yeah, whether it's his fault, the team's fault, whatever, it didn't happen today for him. Yeah, it is at least lucky for him that his banker lap on the Inters was good enough for P4 in the end of it. And, you know, drivers just weren't improving enough. You know, it it could be a lot worse for the Mercedes team is, I think, the bigger picture here. And considering his championship rival starting from the back, you know, and he's it's, still 16 positions ahead of him. Yeah, and it's and it speaks volumes about just how good a driver Hamilton is, that he was still able to finish qualifying fourth, having had an accident in the pit lane. Yeah, absolutely. And Louis, on to the other uh, McLaren driver. A bit of a come down from a win at Monza, but P5 for Daniel Ricciardo pending an investigation for who was it that he um him and Stroll at turn two which I don't think anyone has actually seen but Stroll accused Ricardo of blocking him there um, was no investigation yeah, I, I, necessary as what say oh, okay. it's been it's been dropped all right cool that's good um yeah so Daniel Ricardo p5 then yeah uh ahead of the second Ferrari because Leclerc's got that penalty but it's a good session um yes um so yeah, I don't know if you know what happened, but it was on the on the exit of the pit lane. Daniel was basically coming out of the pit lane, and the way that the white lines work, it takes you very far down the straight before you can actually um, turn in for turn two. So Daniel was on the exit of the pit lane. Stroll's on a push lap. There wasn't any um, sort of precedent for Stroll or to be, or Ricardo to be you know penalised. So. Um, yeah, it's completely fair, but uh, no, like Daniel. Daniel was looking a bit shaky in a couple of well, in both sessions, um, he was quite clearly off the pace um, compared to Lando. But again, the uh, McLaren made the most of the strategy. You know, got their drivers out at the right time on the on those um, on those soft tires, and there you go, uh, Daniel Ricciardo P five, and that's that's where he needed to be. Um, you know. He can, you know, get points. And when you've got someone like Charles Leclerc all the way down right at the back of the grid, it's important for McLaren in this constructors battle with Ferrari to be getting as many points as possible. Um, and hopefully, even though it wasn't the best session, I think he would have probably hoped that he could have maybe got up into the top three. I don't think he can beat himself too much. Fifth is still a great place. And as we've been talking about, getting that slipstream down into turn two is key. He's going to be right in amongst it all. As long as he keeps his nose clean, gets through turn two cleanly, gets through turn three cleanly, he could potentially make up places. And we know what Daniel's like on the brakes. You know, he's not going to be afraid to someone up the inside, maybe at turn two at some point in the race. So I think it's a decent place and he'll be a great backmarker for Lando, especially if he's um, leading potentially stop Bottas or even if a miracle happens and Verstappen really gets through the field um, it could be he could be quite a nice blocker for Lando behind yeah it'll certainly be a bit of team tactics for the second McLaren tomorrow but you know he did get a very good getaway in both sessions in well both racing sessions in Monza last time out so off the start of the uh, pit straight it could be alongside Lewis if not ahead of him so It'll all be to watch at the start of the race tomorrow. And Tom, Fernando Alonso, P6. Pretty good session from him, considering, you know, yeah. where Fernando was at the start of the season. Yeah. Sorry, my computer's gone off. Yeah, uh, very, good qualifying, very good qualifying for Alonso. Um, you know, if, if, if anyone was going to do it in a not-quite-up-their-cart, it's going to be Alonso, though, isn't it? Let's be fair. He um he really sort of like rung really rung the neck of that Alpine this weekend. Um, much like the other teams, he switched to Inters. Uh, uh, sorry, switched from the Inters at a really really good time. Uh, he was able to get the heat into them. He was able to 
find enough clear space on the track. Really solid lap. Um, not you know, not anything sort of spectacular in, in the sense that like we're sitting here going, "Wow, what a lap!" But it just I, I think he's probably been overshadowed a bit by the top three who were in front of him. Plus, obviously, with Hamilton doing a certainly condensing impression in in the pit lane. But um, uh, but yeah, but really good qualifying for, for, from Alonso. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, since about Baku this year, he is really sort of like kicked back into the swing of things in F1. He's been really, really good. And then obviously, the you know, especially with how good he was in Hungary as well. Um, again, you know, Russia, it seems to favour people who are starting about P2 to P5. So if someone gets Paul launch in front of him, uh, you know, say, for example, Hamilton gets Paul launch or Signs or Russell or someone, you know, he could get past and get a slipstream from the front two. And off he goes. You know, it, it could be all to play for. It could. Could being the operative word in Formula One. But yeah, Louis, uh, Valtteri Bottas, P7, definitely disappointing for someone who is known as a Sochi specialist. But, you know, he was he, he was ahead in both free practice sessions yesterday. It looks like he had a, you know, a good chance at pole position. And then just when it came to the opportunities for the soft tyre, he wasn't on it at all. Yeah, he wasn't exactly helped by the the Hamilton crash either. Um, as Tom was saying, like Mercedes really did make an error. They they sent both drivers still on push uh, in push laps um, on those intermediates. They they left it too late, and then of course the misfortune. Hamilton's in the wall. They've got to change his front wing. That's going to take time. Bottas coming in, he's stuck there. They had to move Hamilton's car. You know, out the way to to actually get Bottas to to pit and put on some some tires, but even then, it was too late. He couldn't get the temperature in the tires. He was never going to go any faster, and his bank lap on those um, intermediate tires to begin with wasn't the best either. So, yeah, it was it was all around a difficult session um, for Mercedes, and you know, he is meant to be the Sochi specialist. And yeah, we really didn't see that much in any of the, the qualifying sessions today. It did look like Hamilton was comfortably faster. Um, so it's going to be a difficult race for Bottas tomorrow. I think he's, you know, he's behind so many talented drivers. You, we all know what Fernando can do with a, with a Mercedes behind him. You know, we've got the likes of Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, you know, George Russell probably will be like the easiest to overtake purely on the, of his car you know not through any lack of driver talent so he's I think he's going to find it very difficult and we know that he's not always prone to getting the best starts so he could be swallowed up by the you know the drivers behind him yeah I I was so confident going into this this weekend that Bottas were going to be able to do something but it seems to have all been wiped away in the in the space of well 10 minutes (laughs) Yeah, and I think you mean uh, Carlos Sainz as opposed to Charles Leclerc ahead of him, considering Charles Leclerc starting in 19th. Yeah, that's what I did mean. <laughs> I'm so used to Leclerc being ahead of Sainz this season. <laughs> yeah. Tom, uh, Lance Stroll, the lead Aston Martin after Vettel got knocked out in Q2. Um, yeah. I think he managed to set a lap on the soft tyres, but it just wasn't really quick enough to shoot him up the timing sheets. Yeah, um, with Aston this week, I feel a bit, you know, aside from Vettel going up, but we're not talking about Vettel. Um, I don't really know what to say about Stroll. Decent effort to get in, into Q3. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, if, if the car looks all right this weekend, um, again, you know, if he gets a decent slipstream, he, he might end up, Sort of like you know, he might sort of like luck into into about a P seven, P six, um, or with Stroll's history, he could be the catalyst for a crash into turn two. So it, yeah, it 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 depends. It, it's going to go one or two ways for him tomorrow. He's either going to sort of just just like sort of slip on by, or he's going to be caught wheel banging, um, you know, maybe punting someone off, getting stuck, you know, getting get into the battles and then getting bogged down. In a sort of real mid in a, in a sort of real midfield scrap, um, I don't really know what to what else to say about Stroll. Decent effort, you know, 
did well against Q3, out qualified his teammate. Yeah, I think Aston will be pretty happy with that. Yeah, certainly happy to be in Q3 and ahead of Red Bull Racing, Sergio Perez. Louis, what's going on with Sergio Perez? Because since he got that contract extension with Red Bull, he's been nowhere. Yeah, it's. I, I did say I didn't see Perez doing much this weekend. He really has been off the ball and Red Bull needed him to step up. You know, they knew that Verstappen was going to be at the back of the grid. They knew, you know, they're going to take a big, you know, hit on points from him, but they then need Sergio Perez to keep up this pressure in the um, in the constructors. And today was a perfect opportunity. Mercedes had a shocker and Perez then had equally as, as bad of a shocker. He did look quite poor in um in the other two sessions it would i think even if the the thing had stayed wet the session stayed wet it was going to be behind the lights of london norris he was going to be behind carlos signs they he really didn't have the pace and yeah and it just leaves red bull in a really tricky situation you know christian Horner's always going on he just needs that other car to be able to back max up and win the constructors championship but Perez is really starting to falter now and it's unfortunate for him. You know, we all want Perez to do well. He's, you know, uh, deserving of that seat, you know, given what he had to go through so much of his career. But yeah, it's just really not working well. And he's got to hope that he, um, that he can start to sort of pave a way through the field tomorrow, but it's not going to be easy. And I just don't think he, he really has the pace. He's not looking comfortable. I think it's going to be, a very sort of long race for Perez tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. And to round off the top 10, Tom Esteban Ocon, P10, behind his teammate, but, you know, in the top 10, and that's where Alpine needed both drivers to be, considering where everyone else is today. Yeah, um, decent qualifying from, from Ocon. I mean, then... They're sort of like drivers from about sort of fifth downwards. I feel like they've been overshadowed by what happened in front of them, unfortunately. Um, and obviously, you know, Ocon is partnered with Fernando Alonso, who put it P6 and obviously has this sort of huge, sort of like prestigious history behind him. So perhaps sometimes it's a bit of an unfair comparison. But Ocon did well in a car that wasn't expected to go round the track that well this weekend. Um, you know, the the Renault power unit is probably the second worst on the grid. I would say it's marginally better than the Ferrari unit, but it's streets behind the Honda and the Mercedes units, which are powering the top two teams, obviously. Um, so, yeah, so a, a decent lap by um, by Esteban. I think Alpine were quite quick on switching to the soft or, or to the slick tyres as well. Um, obviously, we also George Russell did it first, but then, but then I think Alpine and McLaren were quite quick at getting their drivers out onto those tyres as well. So it, it was a good sort of good timing. You know, they sort of used Williams as almost a sort of benchmark, if you like, or, or a sort of like trial run, or, or sort of like a simulator run, almost, if you like, of, of how the tyres are going. Sensible decision, um, and then yeah, put in a decent lap, um, and. Yeah, he's he's in Q3. I feel a bit like Stolberg, so I'm afraid. He's in Q3. Well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Good chance of points tomorrow. He's in Q3. Well done. That's where he should be. Cool. I should be. I should be <laughs> in principle, honestly. Pretty much. We'll get you on the pit wall next time round. Um, in where's the next race? Oh, is it the TBC on the calendar? Yes. I, I love so. that place. I know, yeah. Yeah. Rather go there than Saudi. <laughs> Saudi <laughs> the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix does not exist, Louis. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh P eleven, Sebastian Vettel complained about being held up by Sonoda, but the stewards dismissed that pretty much before the next session even started. But he was five hundredths away from Q three and Considering, you know, we've said Aston Martin weren't really expected to do much this weekend. That's close. Yeah, very close. Um, we've seen sort of in the past that, you know, even when they were, you know, racing point or force India, they thrive in the wet sort of changeable conditions. And I think that's the reason why Stroll managed to 
do as well as he did, um, despite the fact that we know that his race probably tomorrow is not going to be the best. But Vettel, he was looking good and he just, I think he just got caught out. You know, he set his lap time a lot earlier than the drivers um, behind him and they, you know, just on those sort of fresher um, intermediates, they were just able to, you know, get that performance and like signs just managed to scrape through and then Russell was also through. And it was he was so unlucky just not to um well just not to <laughs> get into Q three and you, you heard his despair on the radio. He was he was absolutely gutted and you know for good reason. I think um if he was able to get another lap in, I think he would have been comfortably into Q three. Um but you know he's I would say he's going to be the full of fresh tyres tomorrow. That doesn't matter as it G2 was wet. But um, it does put him in a good place. He could potentially score points tomorrow. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy for him by any shout. Um, but <laughs> we'll just have to see what this, um, this Aston Martin can do in the race. I haven't got the most um, optimism for it. I think, like Tom said, you know, they got where they are. Well, well done. They can't really do much more. And... We'll just see how it plays out tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, a driver who will be very disappointed with his session, Pierre Gasly. You know, oh. we're used to seeing him in P6, but when it came to it, P12 for Pierre Gasly. He's P6 times two, if you think about it. Um, he just decided to take two P6s <laughs> to make up for it. Yeah, he's done it. he really has been Mr. P6 this year. That's how consistent he is. He's done it twice in one weekend. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure anybody listening to this will know how much I adore P.A. Gasly. So this one is, you know, you know, try, try not to get to, to most while talking about this one. But, um, yeah, it, it was it, it was a shame. He just couldn't, he, he just couldn't get, quite get that lap together today, sadly. Um, it's really the closest he's been to, to Sonoda for a hell of a long time as well. Um, we'll get on to that. Um but um, uh, yeah, it, it's it, it was it's a real shame that Gasly wasn't able to get into the top ten, um, because I think there's a good chance he would have been up there where our current top three are. You know, you because know, we, we know how good a driver he is, and I think there's a good chance that he'll finish in the points tomorrow. Um, I think we'll see him battling and fighting his way through. Yeah, he's such a resilient driver, and. I don't know if it was captured on the main feed or if I saw it on social media. I can't quite remember, but there was uh, footage of him talking to either his engineer or someone in the back of the Alpha Tari garage or in, hosp- or in the hospitality somewhere. Again, I can't remember where. Point is, it was in the paddock somewhere. And um, you could see how like annoyed with himself he was. He was so annoyed that he has not made it through to Q3. And it goes to show how high of an expectation he sets himself because of how good he is and how well he's been doing this year. So it's um it's it's a it's the worst quality he's had for a while this year. It's it's I think it's only something like the second time he's not been in Q three or or, or there's there's some start like that. You know he's he's been in Q three a lot. I, I might be making that up, but. Yeah, uh, Shane Vigazzi today. I do think he'll get into the points tomorrow. Um, that you know, he he's a strong driver. We all know how good a driver he is. So hopefully, he will get into the points. Yeah, Gasly will be one of the drivers that was wishing that qualifying just hadn't happened because he managed to set a time good enough for P three and FP two yesterday, but. You know, sadly for him, qualifying did happen and it just didn't quite go well. But Louis, uh, Tom's bold prediction of Yuki Tsunoda making it out of Q1 came true. He ended up qualifying in P13, which is right next to his teammate, which is a statistic that he'll be happy about, even if his teammate isn't. <laughs> yeah, um, he'll definitely be happy to be in Q3, uh, Q3, in Q2, to jump into conclusions now. Um, but you know, Yuki was kind of helped out by the fact that getting into um, getting into Q2 wasn't the most difficult. You know, Max didn't set a lap and then it was just the Haas and the Alfa Romeo who predictably was slower. Um, 
you know, Yuki has been slow in qualifying, but he's never been as slow as, as them two teams. So, um, yeah, it was helped uh, somewhat. But, you know, to, to see that uh, the Alpha Tarantula 12 and 13 shows that that car really wasn't performing today. And I think both drivers just got the most that they could out of it. I just think... It just wasn't a great day overall for Alpha Tauri. But, uh, you know, 13th on paper doesn't sound like the worst position to be starting in. So, you know, it could it could be worse. Um, but I don't really expect too much from Yuki tomorrow. It's going to be difficult to overtake. Um, you know, and he's going to just going to have the likes of Leclerc and Verstappen probably trying to overtake him within the first 10 laps of the race. And I can see him dropping by them too, but not really making up too much sort of ground um during the race so while it does sound good and 13th may seem like an improvement realistically he is probably going to drop down to about 15th and i can't imagine him getting too much higher yeah absolutely tom nicholas latifi will be starting in p18 tomorrow but he did actually manage to qualify in p14 today with one hell of a lap in q1 which put him like I think it up at third at one point, but you know, it's wet conditions, you know what it's like, but you know, a very impressive qualifying I'd say from Nicholas Latifi, at least today. Yeah. Um, again, Latifi's done really, really well this weekend. Um, I'm going to sound like I'm uh, sorry. I'm going to sound like a broken record by saying this because I'm positive. I've said this before, but since about Austria, the Sifi has really sort of settled in and honed himself in with that car. He he seems really sort of at one with it, if you like. I know that's a really sort of corny thing to say, but he's um he's he really seems to be getting the most out of it. And now that he's had a few points finishes, it's definitely sort of boosted his confidence. Um and he's rightfully earned his place for 2022. Um, and I think he's doing it on merit, not just because of the backing. And Williams has obviously spoken about that anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame that he had an engine issue um, because I think there were I think there was a good chance that he could have got into Q three. Um, you know, he he was showing some really really good pace, and he's he's honestly doing really well now. Um, so. It's, it's it's just a case of if you know, if he can sort of keep it together a bit more, hopefully the Williams package next year will be more competitive as well because they've made huge improvements this year. Um and and yeah, it, it, it looks like it could work out sort of quite well long term for Latifi. Yeah, absolutely. We do hope that, you know, the Williams can return to their former glory. You know, because consecutive points finishes is great, but, you know, this is a team that used to be fighting for wins. But I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Louis, uh, Charles Leclerc, um, qualified P15, will be starting P19 tomorrow because of uh, taking a fresh engine after Ferrari have introduced a power upgrade. Do you expect to see him, you know, charging through the field with, you know, a new Ferrari engine or... Is it going to be a bit of a slog and, you know, maybe he's going to get past the Alphas and Latifi? I think points are definitely on the card for Charles Leclerc tomorrow. Um, how many is probably up for debate. I, I can't imagine him being, you know, anywhere near the top six. Um, I think it is going to be a bit of a slog, as I think, as I've already said, you know, Russia is deceptively hard to overtake at it may have this long straight which the engine advantage may help but following other cars through the slow corners through all the 90 degree corners is going to be difficult um it wouldn't surprise me if ferrari look for some alternate strategy maybe start him on the hardest compound send him as long into the race as possible and then see what they can do at the end i think that is definitely a um a probable um strategy especially how especially when um, tire deg is quite low here at Russia. You know, the the track is quite smooth and a lot of it's been um, resurfaced. So that's going to help with tire life. So if you can stick him on, you know, a set of the harder tires, you'll probably go quite long into the race and, um, and just see what he can do. So, but it's it's not going to be enough to get in those sort of big points that Ferrari are going to need to to really compete in the... Um, Constructors Championship. I think that's really going to be down to Carlos Sainz tomorrow. But um, 
I'd definitely keep an eye out on um on Charles Leclerc. He is going to make his way through the field, but uh, how quickly and how far it is, I think it's really quite unknown at this point. Yeah, it could certainly play into the strategy of the top teams if he does start on the hards and manages to stick in that pit window because that will obviously affect strategy. But, you know, as you say, it will be interesting to see how far up he can get. So, Tom, Kimi Raikkonen returns this weekend, uh, qualified P16, so out in Q1, which is, you know, the usual site for at least one of the alphas this season. But, you know, to come back and go straight up to P16... A relatively good job for someone who, you know, many people say should have gone a few years ago. Yeah, and I am one of those people who says and stands by that Kimi should have given it up a couple of years ago, should have gone out on a high after he left Ferrari, if you ask me. Um, but you know, here we are three years later. Um, and after all, it is just a hobby for Kimi, as he said, in his fleeting role in Drive to Survive. But... Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, Kimi's had, what, two weekends off, wasn't he? Because he missed Zandvoort and Monza, which was back-to-back. So he's so he's probably been the best part of a month before he, he's actually sat in a race car because the last time he was actually in a race car was when he was um, effectively queuing for petrol like we are in the UK in Spa, um, you know, which has been, if I look at the calendar, has been pretty much a month um, it probably did Kimi some good to sort of just reset almost, just just have a sort of like like another mini summer break, if you like. Um, it's like I, he was quoted as saying in an interview that he didn't watch all of the races and that and that he sort of just switched off and just spent time with his family, which is a good idea. Um, I mean, you know, he couldn't go anywhere anyway because he had COVID. Um, but um, but yeah, it, to, to to jump back in, your P sixteen, um, it would have been P seventeen if Verstappen would have been sort of actively participating in qualifying. Um, but he jumped straight back in, beat Giovinazzi. Giovinazzi had a terrible day at the office anyway. Um, just sort of did the best with the relatively sort of like just shoddy machinery he's got. Yeah, certainly uh, one word for it. And speaking of shoddy machinery, Louis, uh, Mick Schumacher didn't quite make it to Q3, as was your bold prediction in the preview for this weekend. But, you know, he will be starting in P15, I think it is. So that's good for uh, little old Mick. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, yeah, no, he was he was quite far off my, um, my prediction. Uh, it looked... Um, more likely at one point that his um, beloved teammate was gonna was gonna out qualify him, but uh, luckily normality restored, and um, we saw Mick in front of uh, Nikita as as we've grown so used to um, this season. But uh, yeah, you know, I don't think you can really take too much away from Mick. He got himself ahead of an alpha, probably will be at the back come turn two anyway. But uh, you know. You got to give him credit where credit's due. He didn't spin, didn't crash. Um, yeah, it's, there's so little you can really say about the Haas. The fact that they complete a clean lap um, without anything going wrong is is an achievement, especially in that car. But uh, for me, he does look like he's getting more settled. You know, the amount of times that he's now really taking the fight to, um, to the Alfa Romeos in front of him, um, really leaving his teammate absolutely in the dust. I got those. I don't know if you have it there, but how many seconds he was ahead of Mazepin in this session? Probably, probably a couple four. at least. Four, four. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just says all you need to know, really. You know, he's a lot more settled with that car than his teammate is, and you know, hopefully, when Haas can or if they put together a better package next year, um, we could probably see a lot more from him. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, Antonio Giovinazzi spun in free practice yesterday and uh, sort of wrecked that car and spun in qualifying this afternoon as well. So seeing him in P18 in qualifying is hardly surprising, you would say. Yeah. Um, 
Oh dear, Gio, you had, you showed such promise a few weeks ago, and now, you know, it's just. I get they were really, really tricky conditions today, but and obviously Hamilton touched the wall as we've sort of spoken about, but he hasn't done himself any favours and he does have a history of sort of spinning around like a roulette wheel on on a you know on the sort of F one circuit anyway. He's done it in Spa a few times. He's you know, he crashed out in the rain in either Austria or Styria last year. Whichever quality was rain soaked. Um, yeah, and given that he's, well, as far as we're aware, fighting for his seat, I mean, I think that seat has already gone. I think a decision has been made and they're just tying up loose ends. Um, and I think he's out. But that's just, that is just speculation, obviously. Um, I think if he's going to be confirmed, they confirmed him at the Italian Grand Prix for an Italian driver, you know, the score. Um, yeah, disappointing qualifying, got qualified by a Haas. Um, and it's not like it's Giovinazzi's first year on the grid either. You know, it's his third year, plus he had obviously those two races with Sauber in 2017. So, and he got qualified by his teammate who is, granted, yes, he is a world champion, but has been out of the car for the best part of a month, like I said earlier. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's on borrowed time, or he's been on borrowed time for a while, I think. And he, yeah, just it just wasn't good enough for, for what Alpha want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Just not good enough. And, you know, sort of a sign of a driver who knows that he's not going to be around next season. So, yeah. Louis, you've already touched on him being four seconds behind his teammate, but Nikita Mazepin, 19th out of 20. Should really be 20 if Max Verstappen had actually, you know, set a lap. But, you know, just wasn't really there for it today at all or this season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in some qualifiers, I do wonder if he just he just looks at the 107% time. Just goes, see if I can actually try and beat that. Um, just <laughs> it's like the only thing slower than him is, is usually that time. Um, but yeah, no, it's predictable. He was going to be at the back, um, even at his home, home race, he couldn't make anything happen. Um, well, I don't know whether he's allowed to call it his home race. Of course he wrote the races under the the Russian, um, the Russian Olympic committee or it's the athletic federation. Yes. Athletic federation or something like that. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't expect anything. We didn't get anything. Therefore, expectations met. Um, you know, he has been confirmed for next year, which is definitely down Shock. to his... <laughs> yeah, it's down to his dad more than his own talent. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. don't really want to say um, anything. It's just we know what he's like. We know that he's, he's terrible. And we know that he it will be very much last coming into turn two, despite the fact he's got three cars behind him tomorrow, which is probably a first for him. Imagine if going into turn two, he's still actually ahead of those three cars as well. That is, he's jumped the mm. start. He, 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 <laughs> there's no way that's happening. He, he's done a Bottas Austria 2018, if he's Not done that. 0.2 seconds reaction time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom, just to go to you then on Max Verstappen, obviously didn't actually set a lap uh, today, but we'll be starting 20th because he's the last on the grid and he's got, I think, the biggest engine penalty. These, you know, you know how it can get confusing, but yeah. Um, what do you expect from yeah. Max Verstappen tomorrow? And do you think he's got, do you think he's got a chance at points? Do you think he's got a chance at higher than just, you know, uh, P10, 9, or 8? Uh, he could do all right. Um, that's, <laughs> that's quite evasive um, I yeah uh, I, I think it, he'll be aiming to get into points um, and I would imagine he will probably look to take the fast slap off Hamilton as well um, because every point counts in this championship it, basically he knows that he is on the back foot he got I'd say Verstappen got lucky with Hamilton not 
not qualifying P1. Because if Hamilton qualified P1 and got a good launch, we all know the story. Off he goes into the sunset, Bottas, you do you, hun. Um, and then, you know, it, you know, it would have been 26 points for for, um, for, for Hamilton games at a match. But it's but it's obviously going to be a bit different tomorrow, thank God. And, um, and Verstappen could get through. Um, you know, you know, I'd imagine we'll see a lot of sort of slipstreaming down that long straight, you know, the sort of home straight, if you like, and then probably um, maybe around the outside of that sort of, I'm not sure if it's turn three, four, and five, but the, the big sort of like horseshoe, if, if you like, or the sort of like it's the you know the big you know the turn I mean. Um, you know, you know, he'll probably work his way through the pack quite quickly. We saw him do it in Hungary. Um, ish um, but um, but there's more opportunity in uh, in in Sochi not much more because like Louis has said that it's it is not as easy to overtake as it looks because, especially that final sector which is like a wannabe Monaco it reminds me a lot of the final sector of Abu Dhabi um, you know sort of just 90 degrees here and there um, yeah it, for, for what's happened tomorrow it's all about just getting what he can from it and then letting the title fight roll on in two weeks' time into everybody's favourite round, TBC. Yeah, uh, and an important thing as well, he will at least be driving more than half a car, touch wood, uh, you know, tomorrow. So that will certainly play into things. Uh, so, yeah, that's the uh, grid. So it's time to look at some predictions now. We've both, we've, well, both, all three of us have already made our predictions for this weekend. However, considering that we have a bit of a mixed-up grid, people probably would like to change those a little bit. So, uh, Louis, let's start with you. Last time out, you said um, Bottas, Hamilton, Ricardo. I get the feeling you'd quite like to change that. Um, yeah, just just change the um, the one driver, so it's going to be a... Uh... Yeah, Bottas, Hamilton, Norris. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, no, I think it's going to be... I actually really don't know because it's... I've got my wishful thinking head and then sort of my my reality sort of side of my brain and also kick it in, but... Go on, say Norris first. I know yeah, you want to. Yeah, <laughs> right. Norris, Norris, Hamilton, signs. Norris, Hamilton, signs for Louis. Tom, last time you said Hamilton, Bottas, Norris, as did I, but would you like to change it? Yeah, I'm going to say Norris, Hamilton. Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I do think Hamilton will get up to P2, maybe take the win, but I've got faith that my boy Lambert's going to do it. Um, let me just look at the classification again and pick a name out of a hat. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say science P3. I, th- you know, science P3, yeah. wishful thinking, wishful thinking. Yeah, I am also gonna change mine to Lewis Lando and. I want to say George Russell, but that is wishful thinking. So I think I'm going to have to say Carlos Sainz as well because, you know, he's there and he could pull off quite a good defense against, you know, the trailing pack as well. And uh, bold predictions, the two of you made yours based off qualifying. So I'm absolutely getting a new bold prediction from the two of you. So, Louis, your bold prediction for tomorrow, please. Yeah, but my, my qualifying was very bold, so I'm going to go for a, a not-so-bold one this time. Um, so my bold prediction is going to be George Russell leads into turn two. George Russell leads into turn two. Well, at least you'll know very soon as to whether your bold prediction is going to work or not. I mean, starting third, he's got the slipstream. If he gets a mega start, he's, he's, round, he's round Lando and he's, he's in the lead. I mean, according to Valtteri Bottas in Drive to Survive, it's the best place to start. Tom, uh, your bold prediction, please. Uh, Hamilton flushed the start and gets swallowed up by some of the cars starting behind him and approaches... No, actually, no, do not. That's it. Hamilton just gets swallowed up. I'm not going to be too specific. 
that's how you get your ball predictions to be correct by not Absolutely. being too specific. I was going to hope that you were going to back Yuki for points or something. Like he's already <laughs> no, got Jesus. a Yuki too. And then <laughs> no, you know, it's it, Yuki. He'll spin it or he'll he'll put it in the wall or he'll take off or you know start in reverse or something. So I don't know. <laughs> start in reverse. There's a little 360 whilst he's doing the um, formation laps yeah. on the burnouts bit. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my bold prediction of no safety cars in the race. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see if it happens or not, considering, you know, we've got that mixed up grid and there's going to be a lot of people fighting to get ahead. But we will see. And that is the show. So it's time to give an opportunity to promote um, to our wonderful presenters. So, Louis. What do you do and where can people find you? Um, I write mostly for um, sportlightpro.com. I um, actually wrote the qualifying report for um, this race. So if you want to check that out, that's on sportlightpro.com. Um, I also do have my own blog, viewfromthecrowd.com, where I write about various sports that I'm interested in. Yeah, and do go and check that out. Tom, everything F1. Or, you know, anything else that you'd like to promote, actually? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'm from Everything F1. We, whilst the name says Everything F1, we, it's, it's anything and everything motorsport. Uh, we are at Join EF1 on all your usual social media handles. And our Facebook group is the Everything F1 Paddock. Also, we have our podcast, which is the Everything F1 Podcast. Uh, we we are quite fortunate that we have some very, very good guests on and we have some good ones in the pipeline as well. Um, and also we are starting our YouTube channel, which is unsurprisingly everything F1. Maybe you should change it to everything and F1. Oh, I'll give you commission for that. Route. Yeah. Oh, solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if uh, people want to follow me, I am uh, also a YouTuber. I just make vlogs and stuff when I actually get around to it. Ruby Price on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash McFly Ruler Official because 2010 me was a McFly fan and still is actually. But anyway, um, yeah, so Grid Talk is available on Amazon as well as YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Casts. Just search F1 Grid Talk. We have a huge back catalog of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results. We are on Reddit, search for the subreddit F1 Grid Talk, and we also have a Patreon for mics, lights, and better recording equipment. You can get your hands on some official Grid Talk merchandise on gridtalk.shop, and don't forget we do have the competition previously mentioned where you can get yourself some free merch. Also, make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when each new episode is released. We'll be back tomorrow to review the results from the Russian Grand Prix, and we will be sticking on YouTube for a bit to discuss any questions that you've left us and anything else that we haven't actually covered yet so thank you very much to tom and louis for joining me no as always yeah thank you very much for listening so far and goodbye <laughs>